You are listening to Show Radio. Radio. Listen, advertise, share. I didn't pick that passage to make it difficult for you. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, we just ask now that you, as we open your word and we reflect on this scripture, that you will give us new insight to what it means to serve you with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, and with all our strength. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Even bright, so bright that it's our new projector's not even <laughs> getting washed out a little. All right. Uh, have you ever been rejected? You know, we talked about a little bit about that in uh, the junior sermon. But one thing we need to realize that we've all been rejected at one time or another. We've all had a door shut in our face. Maybe literally or physically, or, or uh, figuratively. Because the world is not a place that's always kind and respective of other people. It's important that our parents and we who have children, need to realize that in some cases it's important to not only raise up our children to be successes, as important as that is, but it's also profitable to train them to handle failure and rejection because there will come a time when they have to face that at one time or another. If you were to look up in your uh, on Google uh, the term famous rejections, you will find there are several people that you would be surprised that are listed there. The first is J.K. Rollins. All you kids and most of the adults know who that is. She's the author of the Harry Potter series. But did you know that she was rejected 12 by 12 different publishers before she was finally accepted for the Harry Potter work? One of them even told her, don't quit your day job. You'll never accomplish or mount to much. Fortunately, she did not listen to them. And to date, her writings have netted her over one billion, that's with a B, dollars. You'll also discover that uh, not just J.K. Rollins, but the famous performer Elvis Presley was fired by Jimmy Denny, the manager of the Grand Ole Opry. 
he reportedly told Elvis, you ain't going nowhere, son. You ought to go back to driving a truck. Well, I think Elvis did pretty well for himself. He's even been able to live on beyond the grave uh, in many Elvis impersonators that we see today. What about Steve Jobs, the famous Apple computer person who helped us bring personal computers into our homes? He was actually fired by Apple Computer, uh, the company that he created. Eventually, he was taken back, of course, and helped Apple Computer become the most profitable company in the world. But even Steve Jobs knew what it was to fail. And, of course, let's consider Steven Spielberg. Ever thought of Steven Spielberg being a failure or being rejected? He was. He had to uh, apply and be rejected for three times by the admissions department of the University of Southern California Theater and Film and Television Department. I guess they figured that he didn't have what it takes to be the director of such films as Jaws, E.T., Raiders of the Lost Ark, Saving Private Ryan, and many, many more. Just goes to show, the schools don't always know what they're doing. Many young people today are having a difficult time getting their careers off the ground. We live in very difficult financial times. Some are just having trouble making a living. And all I can say to the young people that we have here this morning is don't give up. If you aren't an instant success, many of the most successful people who have ever lived failed in their initial try for success. Failed in their first attempts to fulfill what they felt their calling to be. And we even see that in today's scripture lesson as we see what happened to Jesus when he went back to his hometown of Nazareth. Jesus was right at the beginning of his own ministry. He was about 30 years old, and he had been baptized by John the Baptist. You'll remember that that's when when he was baptized that the Holy Spirit came and descended to him in the form of a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son. I love you. I am well pleased with you. Almost immediately, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And for 40 days, he was tempted by Satan. And when today's account in our scriptures take place, he had returned to Galilee. 
and the power of the Spirit and news about him was spreading over the whole region. Teaching in the synagogue, he is met with praise everywhere he goes until he returns home. Thomas Wolfe uh, is noted to saying, you can't go home again. And for Jesus, that seemed to be the case. Luke tells us that when he went to Nazareth, where he, would be, he had been brought up, remember he was born in Bethlehem, but he was raised in Nazareth. On the Sabbath day, as was the custom at the time, he would go into the synagogue. And when he went, he stood up, and they handed him a scroll from the prophet Isaiah. And he unrolled the scroll. They didn't have books like we do now, so they had a big old scroll and a big table that they had to lay it on. And he rolled it to a certain point and began to read these words the spirit of the lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoner and recovery of sight to the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the lord's favor after he read those words he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everybody in the synagogue were fixed on him. And then he began his lesson by saying, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. At this point, they were very impressed with this Jesus who had grown up in their own little town. He spoke with such authority. He had, there was something about his presence that captured their attention. Not necessarily in his appearance. He wasn't an exceptionally good-looking man, we understand. But he commanded authority. In his presence. All spoke well of him, Luke tells us in verse 22 of this morning's scripture lesson, and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Their hometown pride swelled. If only Jesus had stopped right there. But Jesus kept talking, and the more he talked, the more displeased his hometown congregation became. Surely, Jesus said, you will quote the proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. And you will tell, and you will tell me, do not do here in your hometown what you have heard, what we have heard, you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, he said, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. 
I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. Just when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of those widows, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there are many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha, the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman, the Syrian. The mood of the synagogue began to change. Luke tells us that they were furious. They were so furious that they rose up and drove Jesus out of the town. In fact, they were so aroused with anger that they took him to the brow of a hill and were about to throw him off the cliff where the town was built. The scriptures say that he was able to get away. You see, Deuteronomy 13 says that if you have a false prophet in your midst, you may kill him in the eyes of his own people. Jesus, the Son of God, was perceived as a false prophet. And eventually, of course, he was put to death. This is a sad but very true fact. False prophets often prosper while true prophets are often rejected. False prophets often prosper while true prophets are often rejected. Popularity is never the proper way to judge who is right. The only measure that is trustworthy is whether the person reflects the love and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what I'm trying to say here this morning is do not despair if you get rejected as long as you are following Jesus. Do not despair if you get rejected as long as you are following Jesus. It doesn't matter how you are rejected. It might be socially. It might be professionally. It might be by people you thought were your friends. Or it might even be your own family. It might be because you've done something right. Or it may even be because you've done something wrong. Either way. Rejection hurts. But listen to this word of reassurance. There are two remedies for rejection. The first is time. The first is time. Time heals all wounds, says the ancient addict. 
There is a grand measure to that truth. Time is a great healer. Here is what you need to know. Persistence will eventually conquer resistance. Persistence will eventually conquer resistance. Ask anyone who's ever made it through a heartbreaking time and experience and they will tell you that if you hang in there long enough, the sun will eventually shine again. That is why we must never make it easy for people to take their own lives. Most people who take their own lives do so during a time of deep depression. And for most people, depression passes given enough hours, enough days, enough weeks. The desperate person if he or she will simply hold on a little bit longer, will live to see the ultimate worth of life. That is the word that must always be spoken to rejected hearts. Don't give up. Better days will come. Time is a remedy for rejection. And God is our greatest ally when facing rejection. God is our greatest ally when facing rejection. Take a young man by the name of Jeremiah. You will probably remember him. He was one of the premier prophets of the Old Testament. And he discovered that Jeremiah was rejected in very much the same way that Christ was. And it broke his heart. You remember the nickname for Jeremiah? He was called the weeping prophet. Don't forget, deeply religious people sometimes experience depression just like everyone else. But Jeremiah had a good reason for weeping. Jeremiah was called by God to prophesy to Jerusalem, Jerusalem's destruction. This destruction, he said, would occur by way of invading invaders from the north. This was because Israel had become unfaithful to the law of the covenant and have forsaken God by worshiping Baal. The people of Israel at the time had even gone so far as to build high altars to Baal in order to burn their own children in offerings of fire. That's pretty bad. The nation had deviated so far from God 
that in God's eyes, they had broken the covenant, causing God to withdraw God's blessing from them. Jeremiah was guided by God to proclaim that the that the nation of Israel would be faced with famine. Furthermore, they would be plunged and taken into captivity by foreign governments and go into exile. Then, live in a foreign land. The people turned against Jeremiah and this bad news that he had to deliver to them. And Jeremiah could not have endured the isolation and the scorn within a deep and abiding faith in God without God's support. So the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1, 5, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Wow. That's a pretty good sense of security there for this weeping prophet. No wonder Jeremiah could handle the rejection that he faced from the people he was sent to be a prophet to. His life was built upon the rock of God's love for him. He knew because he was speaking for God. Time would prove his assertions that they were true. He had the greatest ally that anyone could have. He was on the side of God. Do you have that kind of security this morning? An inner strength that will not fail? Because rejection hurts. It is a universal hurt. But we can make it through. There are two remedies for rejection that will not fail us. Time and God. Hang in there. When things get tough. And trust God to help you make it through. Don't give up regardless of your situation. For these are our remedies for rejection. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for being there for us in difficult times. Sometimes, Lord, the rejection seem, is, is much bigger than it really is because it's, when it's our rejection, it's pretty big. But, Lord, you are there to help us through the most difficult times. <clears throat> So I pray, Lord, that you will strengthen us in our walk with you. That when you give us a mission, that we will not faint away from it. 
but the, we will march forward with the assurance of your leadership, your support, the power of your spirit that will be there for us to face any rejection, any obstacle that may be in our way so that we may be fulfill your calling and be the people of God you've called us to be. I thank you for all our scouts and scouters this morning who are with us in worship. Strengthen them, Lord, that they may be good witnesses to others so that they may hear the good news and be challenged in being the men and women of God that you've called them to be. And in turn, Lord, that you might be glorified in your church, in our lives, and in this world. We pray that all in Jesus' name. Amen.